Hello everyone, I am back once again with a little tiny update of my private life. Unfortunately, I'd like to, uh, I wanted actually to address the new material of Peter Gabriel and the nasty fans sometimes, but I don't have enough energy to talk about that stuff right now. In fact, I've got other things that I've been a bit preoccupied with. Uh, especially my novel, I have been continuing writing that. Yeah, in case you're wondering what that noise is. I'm stirring sugar and milk into my cup of coffee. Because today is uh, Tuesday, April 25th. And uh, I am just a few days, or let's say two weeks away from my... Well, okay, let's say a little bit more than two weeks away from to my birthday. And I almost forgot. <laughs> it's true. I, I almost didn't realize that it was May again. So, time goes fast, I suppose. I will be turning 44. But that's not the issue. I just needed a cup of coffee. My system is failing today. I feel really shitty, and I thought maybe a coffee could get me back on my feet again. Um, I've been looking for a new apartment in, in the background. I've uh, made an, an, an online announcement or application that I'm looking for something. Maybe someone out there is going to bite and uh, show me a tiny apartment that I can use to some degree. And I really would like to have either one big room that I can separate by myself with the construction that I'm thinking about because I've been browsing the web trying to look for um, examples like on Pinterest to, uh, which is, you know, it's a great place for inspiration if you watch what other professional carpenters are doing and, and designing tiny rooms into a full-fledged uh, computer room or uh, a bedroom with massive storage space because you just use the space wisely and differently, not in a traditional sense. And I'm looking for solutions like that because uh, I think I can manage to build that stuff on my own if I get the right idea and, you know, the price down for the material and all that stuff. Of course, the working time, so it's going to take for fucking ever to build it probably, but it is something that I think about. It's, it's, it's a project, you know, in case... Here it goes, in case I do find an apartment. The cool thing is, uh, if you have a smaller apartment with uh, a separated kitchen, or, no, wait a minute, not a separated kitchen. If you have a, an apartment with um, enough space to offer, to use, let's say, for uh, the bathroom, there was someone out there, a picture that I saw, blew me away because it made so much sense. You could use the space between your room, the actual living space, and the space to the toilet. There is always a little bit of space that you could actually give away or, let's say, sacrifice for, uh, for a, a, a walkable, usable, walk-through wardrobe, you know with lights and all that crap. And it's pretty simple to build stuff like that. It's basically just a tiny box uh, that you could build or let's say a few wooden walls or other, you know, plaster walls as well that just uh, s surround that, that space for you. 
and give enough space away to actually, you know, put some clothing in there and, and jeans and shirts and whatnot, some shelves, of course. Bef- and you have to pass that, that area before you can actually walk into the bathroom. And it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because uh, why wouldn't you do that? You know, if you have everything that you need in your bathroom, if there's enough space for, uh, you know, a washing machine and a dryer or just a washing machine, you don't have much work to do anymore. You just turn around, take whatever is, is dried up, finish it, fold it, if you don't have to iron it, and put it back into its place where it belongs, just like three, four feet away. That's amazing, you know. I'd like to have that. That's beautiful. And uh, that is an option that I've been thinking about for uh, just in case I do find an apartment that is just, again, super cheap maybe, but has enough space for me that I could use to just uh, make separate zones in that, in the space that is available to me and then just try to to, uh, be more creative, I guess, for the first time with uh, stuff like that. Because to be honest, I got to be fair here, I never thought about that stuff before. I was thinking about drawings and paintings. I never thought about that, about redesigning specific certain areas to use them much better, more wisely, and use the space for something that you haven't thought about before. If if, if I think about the, the traditional cupboards that I used before, you know, always the typical crap that you have in your bedroom, like two doors, three doors, four door cupboards, and they take up a massive amount of space, first of all. And that was WhatsApp, by the way. They take up massive amounts of, of space. And if you can use that space more wisely in an area where no one would uh, expect it or suspect it at all, you could actually do much more with that, you know. But um, I don't need traditional living anymore. Who the fuck is writing to me right now? Jesus, I got to check this first and I'll, I'll come back to you guys. Well, okay. A colleague of mine sent me some sad news, but nothing too terrible. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. About the apartment and the stuff about moving and, you know, downsizing perhaps my apartment. I mean, you have to understand, I was living uh, before all this in a pretty nifty, cute little apartment that was about maybe, you know, 60-something square meters big. And it had two rooms, two bedrooms, and um, an interesting, small but comfortable living room with a kitchen side, a pretty big bathroom, enough for all of your devices, anything you need, and a basement too. And, uh, well, I had to give that up because I believed it was the right time to leave and move in with my ex-girlfriend, which turned out to be the most annoying and boring thing I've ever done. Um, I should have known that it would not work between us. I think it was visible from the start, but I just didn't listen to my gut, as usual, because I'm an idiot. But nowadays, I don't do these mistakes anymore. Oh, no, I don't. Hmm. Never mind that. I'll get back to that shit at some point in time. I'd like to complain about the uh, not working coexistence between men and women, as I always do, because I love it so much. It's just, uh, it's a tragedy, but it's real and it's true. 
But uh, it's enough about that. Before I jump into any other topic or go off track here, um, fact is I'm still looking for the apartment. And right now, the official uh, uh, offers that I found that someone posted somewhere like eBay networks and other websites that deal with this kind of uh, this kind of stuff, real estate and all that, I, I can't find anything suitable. Aside from that, most apartments are gigantically expensive these days, you know. But I can give you some details on that, how much you pay for this shit some other time. The, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, and here we go, eight minutes in, and I'm coming to the actual topic. I do not know if I talked to you about this before. I wanted to talk to you about a memory I had a uh, memory I have about a situation I had when I was a little boy, between three and four years old. It cannot be sooner because it was in Canada. When I was three, I know I was uh, living my childhood life in Canada. Before that, I was in Germany. But we we spent some time in Canada already, and I think I was three and a half or four something, maybe four and a half. I know I could walk, you know, I could play around, I could goof around and do some some stuff. And um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this memory, and again, if I repeat myself with this story, I just do not remember if I talked about this before. If I have, you know, it was a long time ago and some kind, some kind of podcast episode, I don't know, 12 maybe or four. And um, it strikes me again today because if I look at myself in the mirror, when I take a shower, for example, and I look at my chest in the mirror, when I, I, the reason why I do this is I have chest hair, a little bit. It pisses me off. I don't like it, so I remove it. And in that phase of, of some personal hygiene and hair treatment and hair care, I, um, I notice sometimes that the right side of my chest, the ribs, if you will, the rib cage, the right side is caved in a little bit more than the left side. The left side looks normal. Right side, when I was younger, I was much skinnier, and you could see it more, more, uh, more visually. And when you took, if you would actually touch my ribs over there, I and mean, right now when I do it, I go over there, I don't really feel that much of a difference, but I feel a little, a little cavity somewhere, some uneven parts over the ribs, you know. I, I, I think it's like maybe almost 20 centimeters from my from my shoulder downwards, somewhere in that area where the actual chest actually begins. That's when you can feel that there's something different. When I when I touch the uh, the left side of my chest, it feels more straightened out. It feels a little more more curvy on the outside. The ribs are shaped naturally, I would say, but the right side. There, there, there was a damage. When I was younger, about, uh, let's say, in my teenage years in Germany, um, I had these, I, I noticed these cavities much um, more crass, more directly. You could actually feel the, the area where the ribs were broken and then just cave in a little bit, like almost as thick as my thumb or maybe a bit more 
at the time. And now that I've grown older and my bones have changed and, you know, it, it, it seems like those spaces are gone for the most part, but you still see that the right side is not as buff. My, my body's not buff anyway, but it doesn't level up to the left side. You know, it's kind of uneven. So um, in my teenage years, I couldn't really remember where that came from. I thought this was like just some, some freak accident or uh, genetically probably, you know, that something uh, was not right with me and my ribs shaped themselves differently when I was growing. But that's not true. Um, years later, when I moved away and I lived alone for a while in, in uh, north of Bavaria, in a town called Würzburg, um, I had sudden flashbacks of the time when I was, like I said, three or four, okay? And I know that this is real because I've, I've had these flashbacks more often during that phase, and sometimes I still have these flashbacks today of the event that took place. And um, it's, I, I remember most of it very detailed for some reason. I, I, my brain did not forget this information, basically because I was, I was afraid, I was terrified, I couldn't breathe for a moment, I had pain in my chest, and my mother didn't know what the fuck happened. And the reason why I say this is uh, it's, it's very important because I talked to my dad about this and it's, um, th this is an interesting story. Only to illustrate and to showcase what kind of person my mother was and how little she cared for her environment, let's say. Spatial awareness is not really her thing and awareness overall about the world around her isn't her thing either. She's living in her own head more than any other person I know for, uh, I, th I think, also very tragic psychological reasons. But that's a different story. Um, as far as I remember it, with all the details in place, we were on a playground that was a part of a park in, in Canada. It actually, it must have been near uh, Hawkesbury, or let's say, better yet, I think it was near Lorenial, which was a very tiny community, a tiny town with a school, which I went to. And it belongs to the city or, you know, maybe the state that Hawkesbury was in. And um, I remember that we went there to this park. I was, um, I think I was by myself for a while in a sandbox playing with myself or playing with you know some toys I had a little plastic truck and stuff like that I do I do remember that I had some stuff with me and my mom was sitting uh, like if I remember correctly just a few feet away from me if anything at all a few meters away from me on a uh, on a park bench reading one of her uh, romantic novels that much I know for sure because she loved to read that stuff. And while I was playing by myself, there was a kid um, annoying me, an older kid, probably more in his teenage years, which I cannot really be completely sure entirely, but he was very good with his BMX bicycle. Back in the day, BMX was super famous, very popular brand and, and style of a bike. 
And um, he came closer, riding around me, around the sandbox, and he, he wanted to annoy me for some reason. I think because I was a foreigner and I tried to talk to him as a German kid, you know, just throwing some words around back at the... In those days, the only language that I could speak were some, you know, very primitive broken German words. No English, no French. That came later, of course, during my school years. And um, I, um, I remember that he came not only closer, but he was using his bicycle to jump over the borders of that sandbox, dive in with, with his wheels, his tires through the sandbox, and driving very close to me. I mean, really close so that he would actually spin his tires and, you know, just toss sand over me. And that annoyed the shit out of me, so I grabbed a handful of sand. And the next time he would pass and, you know, jump over the sandbox, I would take that, that sand and throw it at him to make him go away. And um, I remember that I did that, maybe once or twice or even more. Then he got annoyed and, and a, a lot more annoyed and provoked. Then he, I remember him riding away from the sandbox, take, getting some distance, then turning around and with high velocity jumping over uh, on top of the sandbox and riding over me. I was sitting in the center of the sandbox and he came directly, he approached me with a lot of force. I remember his tire going, going over my crotch. He was riding over my belly and really pushing me into the sand and cracked my ribs in the middle. Of course, my bones were very soft at the time, so he probably didn't break uh, all the way through, but he broke them enough to make me, first of all, scream in agony and lots of pain. But it wasn't that fast. He, he rolled over my body while I just uh, laid there. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't defend myself. He was way too heavy, of course. And I could feel the pressure on my chest and my, my ribs just giving in and pushing, pushing themselves down. Of course, he went over my belly before that. So everything, any oxygen I had left in me, I got just pushed out. And then I had this, this cramp and this, this agonizing feeling in my chest, this pain, and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't scream too. I was gasping for air, I, it didn't work. And all he did, that this kid, this boy, he just, you know, drove away. Didn't look back, he just kept on going because he had enough. That was exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to hurt me and he did that and he left. And I remember that I almost blacked out because of the pain and that, you know, because of uh, oxygen uh, missing, I guess, for, or, or maybe I just blacked out because of uh, the pain. And I think at some point I started to scream out loud. That was the point when my mom finally raised her eyes from the book and looked at me for a long time in like an hour and realized that something was wrong. She did not notice that the kid was there pissing me off. She didn't. This is not a joke. I'm absolutely certain that this happened. I know that it happened. I have the wounds and the broken ribs to this day, even though they have grown into a much better position. And kind of uh, just uh, the, the, the broken tissue resolved itself. 
It just healed itself over time. Recovered, let's say. I was looking for that word. I'm sorry. But um, the, the, the key thing here is that um, I never talked to my dad about that. Because my dad was working, of course, every day and very late too. And he had lots of stress. Um, my dad is no angel, by the way. But he was the one providing for us. So yeah, he was working hard. And um, he'd never noticed that this happened. Now, you have to think, go through, through, through this logic with me. First of all, I had really pain in my chest. My chest must have been blue with blood stains and, and broken, broken bones. Uh, that You must have seen the damage there. You must have seen um, the, the blood in my tissue under the skin, the swollen uh, tissue, everything. You know that you have seen, you would have seen the bruises is my point. Okay. No kid anywhere just walks around with broken ribs when someone really smashed them with lots of weight and there is no blood loss in the tissue. No, I don't believe that. So there must have been evidence that something happened. But my mom never talked about it because she feared my dad. Now, my father would never lay a hand on my mom, and he never has to this day. But he would be pissed beyond belief that his son, me being his firstborn, was, uh, was hurt in such a manner from some stranger, some kid, nasty little kid. And uh, she wasn't capable of, of, of protecting me or even look, like, watching me, even though she was right near me and didn't realize for a fucking second what happened. That's how obsessed and, and dreamed away she was, beamed away in her uh, romance novel. And um, the reason why I'm saying this is um, I don't remember what happened afterwards. I don't remember the days where I, when I had pain in my chest. I don't remember if we went to a hospital. I know that my memory stops at that point when I start screaming and my vision is black. That's all. Everything before that, all the details, the sandbox, the fucking kid. I don't remember his face, of course. That, those details are gone. But I remember that my mom was there, no one else. It was in the middle of the fucking day. This kid was annoying me. I threw sand at the fucker. And he launched with his bicycle right over me. Crushing my ribs. And my nuts, too. I had, like, pain in my pee-pee for a while. Um, that was no fun. Believe me. And years later, when I was older and I kind of forgot about the incident, I always asked myself where this came from, why I look so, you know, fucking disabled, like, like, like some kind of uh, victim of, of a crime. I could not really fully explain where those cavities came from, the broken ribs. And years later, those memories came back as a flashback. And at some point when I went to Taiwan, I asked my dad, if he could remember any incident where I had broken ribs or any other wound or bruises on my chest that miraculously happened without any explanation from my mother or anyone else. And my dad said, no, he didn't. He had no idea. Then I tried to explain to him what happened, that I have these memories and I can still prove if, if someone would take an, an, an x-ray from me, from above, three-dimensional, or these, you know, these... Um, uh, c computer tomographies and you could see from above for sure that the ribs are shaped differently 
I mean, right now, the evidence wouldn't be as visible as it was before when I really, you could feel these, these cavities, you could feel the edges of the broken bones. And all that healed itself over time. But uh, that would be an interesting picture to take a look at that shit. And uh, I could prove to my dad, look, these were injuries that have grown over themselves, healed themselves almost properly, but they looked way differently when I was a teenager, and they must have looked really, really different uh, when, I was, when I was a child. And my dad never noticed. So I think my mom took care of me in dressing me up in such a way that she would hide my bruises. And if I had to take a bath, she would be there making sure that my dad is not walking in, telling him that she's just taking care of me, helping me getting, getting my hair done, you know, washing my hair, washing my feet, or cutting my nails, whatever. You know, she was very overprotective with such an attitude for, for a while anyway. And I think my dad never realized that something was up. That's the only explanation I have for how things went down back then. I never addressed my mom about that stuff because, or maybe I did, which I have to be honest, I'm not quite sure if I have. Sometime when I was still living at home before I moved out, I think I talked to her about that and asked her where these cavities from of my chest came from. And I am sure, or at least I think I heard her say, I have no idea what you're talking about. You must have dreamed it or you must have fell somewhere. It had nothing to do with her and it did not happen when I was a kid. I asked her, I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, I could have sworn I've asked her if someone with a bicycle was riding over me when I was a child. And I think she understood it as some form of joke or weird fantasy of mine or a memory that never existed and just you know played it off like it was not important. I tell you, my mom is one of the most disturbed people on the planet. If anyone of all the people I've ever met need psychiatric care and a fucking shrink, my mom would be on the top of that fucking list. Before Hitler, before Putin, my mom would be on that list. Just saying. Just saying. Well, I wanted to get this off my chest. Pun intended. Uh, well, that's it for now. Uh, very soon, in uh, I think less than two months, I will be in, in Cologne, visiting the Lanxus Arena and witnessing for the first time in a couple of years good old Mr. Peter Brian Gabriel on stage. So I'm looking forward to that. I ordered, uh, I booked a hotel finally. I, uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter where you book it. If you want to be in the area directly uh, within the arena, you got to pay a little bit more. But if you go more to the outside of the city, like we're talking a few kilometers here, you almost pay the same price for some halfway decent hotel. You know, so that kind of blew me away. I didn't realize that it was that expensive. It's been a while since I've been in Cologne anyway. But I thought, you know, what the hell? This might be the last time that I can see the good man uh, on stage again. I'm not sure if, if he's going to be back at some point. I mean, he's 73 
after all. So we got to stay realistic here. And I'm thankful that he's still doing music. So I'm I'm cherishing that. I'm, I'm celebrating it. It's it's beautiful. I like the tracks. Um, the first one, Panopticom, is not my favorite, at least not anymore. It's a good track, but it's not something I could listen to every day, I think, after, you know, like revisiting the song over and over again. It's still a good track, and I think it's an important track, but just from the um, from the mood of the track, the other three that he has uh, published so far are much better, at least for me personally. Especially the last two are just uh, just not only important, but they're breathtakingly important for the time being that we live in to just reflect upon who we are and what, what kind of a role we play in this world and that we shouldn't take ourselves maybe too seriously, you know. But that's just me. That's just me and my extra 5% of interpretation that I add to the songs and make them my own. Uh, until until uh, I get back to this topic, I'll be uh, busy doing my work, doing my job, uh, getting... I have to go to the car mechanic and go back to the dentist because I'm still not done with my teeth. It's going to take a while. Wish me luck. Uh, stay stay safe, stay healthy. Try not to be too freaked out about the media these days with all the negative information that you that we get and receive. Uh, stay focused on your own life and enjoy it with your family and friends. Until then, guys, take care and bye-bye.